skinny. She's lost weight. No, no, she gained weight. She looks like her mother. She looks like her father. Ladies, <laughs> is this Vixar or is this this Hades costume? Is the stinkiest costume on this brand? <laughs> Babies are often very useless when you need to get things done. Take a puff. Do you fear death? Vixar is a sus individual. Ibidi babidi boo. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at patreon.com slash mouse madness. Kyle, uh, we're back. Uh, uh, Merry Christmas, I think. Yeah, yeah. December 26th is today. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so hope uh, hope you had a good uh, Christmas. Uh, I had a, a great one. I, I'm down here in San Diego. So uh, nice. enjoying enjoying some family time okay. uh, with the folks, with, with my own family. And, and what better time to talk about crazy Disney families than right now? We've got, we've got a bracket to finish up. We do. And right at the end of the holidays here, uh, I had also just spent my uh, Christmas with my family, and and one of those family members is our guest host today. Uh, we've hey. got Robbie back on the podcast. Robbie, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be back. Yeah, we had a lot of fun talking about crazy families last time. And one one kind of like family that I was thinking about that we didn't really talk about at all, and ha- maybe not considered, but I would love to explore further, is whatever family comes out of Cecilia and Mike Wazowski uh, being a couple. How crazy would that family be? Because both of them are crazy. I don't yeah, know why yeah. I thought about them in particular, <laughs> but I was thinking about like what other kind of family dynamics and like Mike and Sully have this kind of like brotherhood about them that feels very familial. Um, but when you get down to it, like the, the, the family that's going to be will be Mike and Cecilia's family. And that one feels like it's, it's one of those kind of crazy personality power clashes that would trickle down to the kids. <laughs> it's going to be chaotic. I mean, the, cra- the, the crazy couple is uh, not only crazy at the top of a family, but like in the mix in any family, you right. know, and like that was something I liked about the Madrigal family who went home last week. Uh, sorry <laughs> to any Encanto fans, but you know, the, the Peppa and Felix dynamic, it's like, you know, once, once the, the family eventually ages up, you know, there's couples in the mix as well and uh, they can be super annoying or super fun or, you know, Debbie Downers. And so, yeah, the, this is Celia, Mike, uh, that's a great, it's a great, crazy (laughs) couple. And we've got eight other crazy families that we're going to be talking about today. So let's let's hop in. Let's get into some things here. Uh, Chris, let's talk spoonful of sugars. Uh, what are you drinking today? Uh, I'm I'm back in my tea bag, uh, <laughs> literally. <laughs> hey, so um, I've got I've got one from Tivana. This is a beach Bellini herbal tea. Ooh. Uh, no caffeine, which you know don't like that, but. Uh, it's got pieces of pineapple and mango in it. Nice. Uh, and it's uh, it's it's a very fun, summery tasting tea. You know, it's like a, you know Malibu rum kind of without the rum. Sure. Uh, <laughs> pineapple, very pineapple, coconutty, tropical. Uh, it it's good. It's a, it's a nice nice 
light lunchtime tea, which is when we're uh, recording this episode here. So, oh, nice. and I am drinking it out of my Haunted Mansion 50th mug. Oh. Uh, shout out to uh, Shop Disney Roulette Prize a couple years ago. Maybe we need to bring Shop Disney Roulette back yeah. in 2023. I don't think we did a single one this year. I don't think uh, we did either. I think the uh, last one we did were the the Christmas sweaters at yeah. the end of... Uh, last year so we, we do need we, to bring it back we just we just talk so much now that like there's just no time <laughs> no time for presents anymore we everybody. do talk too much now we talk so much now oh man well this week i'm uh i'm drinking some water the thing about that's crazy about families and crazy about family get-togethers is that often you can overindulge and i and, and this christmas i drink a lot of wine so i'm mm. rehydrating this week i've got just my hydro flask full of uh water i've got mr mick on it and i've got a lot of disney stickers on it so uh, I'm in the theme here, but I'm going to rehydrate this this Good time idea. around. Good idea. Uh, Robbie, what are you drinking? Well, last week, you guys put me in the most stressful situations for this bracket with all the ties. You've driven me straight to drink, so I'm on straight vodka right now to kind of <laughs> cope with what you guys put. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's water. I'm with Kyle. Got to stay hydrated. <laughs> water. Water boys. Absolutely. If you were drinking straight vodka right now, I would. <laughs> we would need to pause this podcast and make sure that you're all right. <laughs> Because that would be the most. It's a insane. cry for help. Yeah, it is a cry for help, especially as a spoonful of sugar there. Um, so last time uh, we dove in and we had a great demographic to choose a bracket of sixteen for us. It was families having those holiday meltdowns at Disneyland. You know mm-hmm. them. You love them. If you go to to Disneyland anytime between Halloween and and even the weekend after New Year's, you're going to see some holiday meltdowns uh, with these families taking their vacation. So it was not hard to find them. Our interns went into the park with safety protection on just in case they were going to catch a stray hand to the face or anything. And they got 16 great ones. We talked about some that did not make the dance. And we ended up with an elite eight after some some great tie breaks by Robbie. And it looks like this. The number one seed, the Parr family, is going to take on the number eight, the Tremaines. Uh, the number four... The Fa family is going to take on number 12 seed Pacha's family. Across the bracket, number 15, the Robinsons, who took down the Madrigals, are going to take on the number 7, the Lee family. And then rounding out this Elite Eight, it's going to be the Paguros uh, at the 14 spot versus the number 11, the Dunbrocks. So we've got a wide array of families here. Uh, Chris, I started last time. So why don't you lead off with this first Elite Eight matchup? Yeah, so this is a this is a really strong matchup. Actually, we've got yeah. the the Pars, the Incredibles versus the Tremaines from Cinderella. Um, Robbie made an interesting statement uh, at the end of this round one matchup uh, last week. He said that the Incredibles feel so stereotypical in a lot right. of ways. You know, they're that classic. Right. 50s family, nuclear family, mom and dad. They live out in the suburbs where their house is all like, uh, you know, mid-century <laughs> designed. Uh, they got the car. Very, very stereotypical from from the outside. And I think that that's sort of what this movie is trying to get at. Sure. And it's a lot like, I guess, American Beauty, if you're familiar with that film, that Behind every door in the suburbs, within every family that looks like they're just your boring, normal family from the outside is chaos Yes, on the inside. Uh, No matter what they project themselves to be like to everybody else, uh, deep down, 
they're they're wacky. Um, and and I think this is a scene we've talked about before on this podcast, but the Incredibles dinner scene. Yes. <laughs> in in the first movie. And I think there might be one in the second movie as well. I, I don't really the remember. Chinese, for sure. Chinese food. Mm-hmm. The second one. Right. Yeah. Um, this is just a great way to assess the craziness of this family. I mean, you can take that one element out uh, and there you go. It's this sort of like amorphous blob mm-hmm. where no one really has any control over anything at any time. Uh, sometimes the individual members of the family don't have any control over themselves. I mean, look at <laughs> yes. Jack, Jack, you talked about him being, you know, a, a Disney baby. He may have won our best Disney baby bracket. Maybe, uh, you know, speaking of brackets, I don't remember, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've talked about him in detail, but the way he, he kind of transforms his, his powers come out very unexpectedly. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe he's on fire one moment. Uh, he's, a, he's an evil monkey in another, another moment. <laughs> he's, he's teleporting for, you know, babysitters can't even watch him right. uh, because it's just, he, he's so unpredictable. Like that is the epitome of crazy. Totally. Unpredictable. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, an unpredictable element in a family can be fun. Uh, that can, that can make things very exciting when you, when you go home and you just don't know what memory you're going to make today, but it can also be a very stressful environment because, you know, at the end of the day, you want to make sure that everyone is safe and secure and fed and happy. And, and it, it requires some element of control to make sure that that happens because children are children and they need help to, to have all of their needs met. Uh, that's just the way nature works. So yeah, the way that like, uh, dash in particular is, is very hard to kind of pin down. Jack, Jack is very hard to pin down, very crazy. Uh, and then you throw in violet and that is just the linchpin Mm. of the Incredibles family. I think is this character who sees the family for the crazy family that they are. Yes. And they are constantly trying to fight it. Yes. Obviously, she's like a teen. Uh, she's, she's kind of got that uh, emo vibe, maybe that goth vibe about her uh, before we kind of get to see her powerful side. Very emotional. And like that element isn't crazy, but, the, but just like the almost the hatred she has for her own family uh, that's just so good. So realistic. She's sitting at that table. She, you know, she doesn't want to be there, <laughs> but you know, she has to be there because that's the only way she's going to get her dinner is if she sits down and she takes it. Uh, love that. You've also got the, uh, the element, the boyfriend element, uh, yep. in, in the second Tony. movie as well. Tony. Is he in the first movie too? I can't remember. Yeah, he's the one that she like is hiding from throughout the film when she's at school. And then at the very end, uh, he he encounters them. Like they're at the football game and they they make a date. And then the second film is them. It opens with the interrogation of Tony, right? Because he (laughs) saw them put on their masks and he has his memory wiped. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, uh, and that part is uh, is great. It's realistic. You know, it's that idea that like, you know, welcoming someone into your family is risky when you have yes. a crazy family because there's this fear that either they are not going to 
like you because your family is crazy or your family is going to scare them away, uh, whether intentionally or unintentionally, uh, this is just a bad, bad situation brewing and you know, you don't want to, you don't want to bring in other people. So yeah, I can appreciate that aspect. Right. The Tremaines, we talked about the Dunbrocks and how there's this kind of like kingdom to uphold uh, for them. The Tremaines are kind of like on the cusp of this like kingdom, this royal element. There is a political component to their family dynamic that I think is really interesting. Uh, Tremaine trying to play the Game of Thrones, so to speak, to try and get herself (laughs) into a position of power. We did kind of brush on the way that Lady Tremaine's selfish ambitions really drive a lot of the craziness of the family. Totally. Um, you know, the the way that she's kind of molded her biological children into being little monsters that do her bidding, the way that she's molded her cat into being <laughs> like a, you know, mouse police patrolling the house. <laughs> mouse cop. Trying to Lucifer, trying to the mouse cop. Mouse cop trying to sniff out that, you know, those fun uh, mice that are just trying to work hard and, you know, create art and welcome new friends. <laughs> Little artist mice just trying yeah. to trying to live their lives. And yeah. here come the mouse cop, Lucifer. It's terrible. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, you add the kind of like prisoner stepchild into the mix and, and like you're going to have some crazy. I guess my question would be like, would this family be as crazy without Cinderella in the mix? Because there's really nothing pressing Lady Tremaine. Right. I think here's my evidence and that makes me think that they would be. Uh, Lady Tremaine and her drive for success and power, maybe power, but status, let's say, even more so. Mm -hmm. um, She's trying to control and create this perfect family image to get her there. And like Cinderella gets in the way of that. So she's kind of pushing Cinderella aside. Like she makes her kind of more of the maid. If Cinderella wasn't there, I think she just has more room to operate her craziness. Hmm. Uh, And we see that in the music scene when she's trying to like give music lessons to her daughters and like being good singers is kind of like, you know, that's seen as good in society. Like we like people who sing well Uh, and her forcing that singing talent onto her daughters who obviously just don't have it is that crazy control portion of Tremaine and what she's trying to control the situation so much that she's focused on perfection and not family and that's crazy the the crazy matriarch is definitely uh something that would make me sort of hesitant to to enter into any kind of family situation uh for sure uh the Incredibles, I think, go down for me here uh, because I think that in a lot of ways, the the craziness of the Incredibles makes them a better family and like more effective as like a superhero team. You know, like they're yeah. very dynamic. Um, they they are kind of like a Swiss Army knife family when it comes to like superpowers. And you know, I don't necessarily want to like just let's just advance like the terrible crazy families but um just kind of at the end of the day i think the incredibles are are happy with one another you know they they bicker and they you know have these little kind of tiffs and interpersonal issues but at the end of the day i think they they support one another and i think that's super healthy uh i would i would point to the uh the 
track race scene where (laughs) dash is dash is on the track and he's running and he's like looking at his family for advice and like go dash go to wait wait wait. not not too fast not too fast get like second place yeah third place get third third place third place uh like that moment is really like heartwarming to me you know and it, it really shows kind of like how strong they are as a unit it's like a it's like an if you know you know type thing and like totally. I think a, a really, really strong family in real life like speaks their own language in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, they have little just little memories or like expressions or or whatever that you know makes them who they are. And like there is so much of that in the Incredibles. Um and and so I think, you know, the fractured nature of the Tremaine family makes me want to advance them here in an upset. I, I agree wholeheartedly. I don't think it's even necessarily the cruelness that is crazy, although that is that is crazy of the of Lady Tremaine kind of having this cruel bone in her body. But it's this obsession with control. It's this obsession with success and status that is crazy. Uh, the Incredibles are chaotic, and I don't think that there's there's too much. The chaos leads to craziness within the family, but. It never, like you said, it never fractures them. Mm-hmm. Um, they like even when Bob is going off on his secret missions, and and Helen is like, I, I think something's going on. I don't know what it is, but I think something's going on. They they go after Bob. They're trying to help Bob. Like they go to find out what he's up to, and they realize that he's in trouble. She doesn't cut ties with him, and is like, Hey, you snuck behind my back. I hate this. It's like. You're going to pay for this eventually for sneaking behind my back. But we're a unit. We are a family and we are going to come together as one to repair this family. So I I think that there's chaos that doesn't lead to a level of craziness that I would want to see in this specific matchup to take down the Tremaines. So I agree with you. The Tremaines are going to move on. Uh, Robbie, down goes the number one seed here. Any issues with that? No, I saw it coming. Um, I think, Chris, you mentioned in another family where it's like, maybe they're not a crazy family, but just placed in a crazy situation. And I don't think the Incredibles showed anything crazy with the situation they were put in. It's kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. They're super powered and they have a bunch of things going on. I, also, there's there's so many cat names that you could have. There's Fluffy Oreo. You're going to name your cat Lucifer? <laughs> You're going to name your cat Lucifer and you're not going to think I'm going to think you're crazy. So great choice here. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Let's talk about this next matchup. It's number four, the Fa family versus number 12, Pacha's family. And I I think I'm going to go with the Fa family here again. Uh, I think because the way in which this family is forced to operate is a a bit crazy. Um, It's crazy that they are kind of forced to you know, they see success and honor to their family as their daughter being chosen by a a, a man, uh, forcing her kind of to go through the school when she obviously doesn't want to or doesn't think that she can uh, succeed in it. And yet she still has to go through it. Um, you have the quirky, crazy grandma who has had so much life experience that she's like, none of this matters, man. I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to walk across the street. And you know what's going to keep me safe? This little, this little lucky cricket. Once you've reached that that stage in life in which you can just let everything kind of be, you've reached peak craziness in a good way, in right. a good way, because you're you're almost free of the control. And I like that. Um, Mulan, crazy dramatic. 
Like, did she need to cut her hair with the sword? I don't know. Feels a little <laughs> bit extra. Feels a little bit crazy of her to do that. Uh, and also feels like she's wasting a little bit of time. Like, if she's sneaking out in the middle of the night, like, why don't you do this out there? Right? Like, let's let's put the image on out there. But you got to get out this house. <laughs> you got to get out. And just the pressure of honor feels crazy in this family um, where it's not necessarily happiness. It's not necessarily for the good of the family. It's for the image of the family that needs to be upheld. So much so that Mulan is willing to take on that responsibility by risking her life at war to save her father from having to do that, who is obviously incapable of doing so. Uh, because he's he's injured and he he cannot fight. Um, so I think that there's just a lot of societal pressures on the Fa family that makes them make really crazy decisions that influence and even put the family at danger. It, it would break and fracture the family completely. I still think Pacha's family, even if they have the crazy kids, mom's got it. And I think that it's that controlled chaos that doesn't result in complete craziness. Uh, she she knows how to harness that power of the crazy kids to kind of keep her going. I mean, she has another kid on the way. She's not tired. She's, she's got this. Uh, and I think that if, if that family was like truly crazy, the story would be that Pacha came across Cusco and is going on this adventure to avoid his family. <laughs> but really what he's doing is trying to improve his family's situation. Uh, and so I, I think that this is one of the stronger just kind of family units, along with like the Incredibles, where there's some chaos internally, but it doesn't result in this external craziness that we do see with a lot of these other families. So I'm going to go with the Fa over, the, uh, over Pacha's family. One um, underrated... I guess sort of like buried element of Mulan's character that I always like to bring up is like Mulan as like a, a tinkerer or like a, an innovator kind of like a, a creative thinker. Uh, so, so many times in the movie we see her uh, being crafty and, and that kind of craftiness helping her save the day. Right. Uh, she, she shimmies up the pole by like tying the weights together. <laughs> she like does a little, um, you know, parry move with the with the sword on top of the palace, which she takes the little paper fan and go whoop, flips it right back on uh, whoever she's fighting. I think it's Shun Yu, the the Hun guy. But um, at home, she she creates this like contraption uh, where the dog, little brother, shout out to uh, another pet in the mix. But uh, she she puts like a bone on top of like a bamboo pole, and the dog is running around the house. <laughs> She, just, uh, she she pokes a hole in a bag of rice and you know the rice is being like laid out amongst like for the farm animals to eat breakfast or something like that and so i mentioned how it seems like pacha's family's small home can be kind of a pressure cooker for like craziness within the family how about mulan's crazy contraptions maybe or maybe not working being a pressure cooker for craziness in her family sure. where her mom or her dad are like waking up and all of a sudden there's just rice everywhere. Uh, or, you know, <laughs> she was supposed to take the trash out, 
but it ended up in the garden because whatever weird thing she tried to create to, to get it to do her work for her just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so while Mulan is definitely our hero, and we, we think about so many of our heroes uh, within these families being the not crazy one and like everyone else is crazy, let's go ahead and give some credit to Mulan for being a little bit crazy herself <laughs> sure. in this yes, way. So um, I, I think I'm going to agree. I'm going to advance the Fa family here. Uh, Pacha's family, super fun, super crazy. Again, would not want to be in that house with those kids at any moment. No. But uh, the Fa's have, have a lot of deeper kind of crazy connections. Uh, so I got to move on. Robbie, do you agree uh, with the Fa's here? I do. I'm glad to see them moving on. Um, if your decision to get away from your family is joining war, you know, that's <laughs> definition of crazy. So uh, yeah, good picks on this. I would prefer war <laughs> is what she just I would said Prefer war to being in this home. That's yeah, that's wild. All right. Let's hop over to the other side of the bracket. We've got the number 15, the Robinsons from meet the Robinsons versus number seven, the Lee family from uh, turning red. And so there's, there's some key differences between these two families. I mean, I really like uh, the way the Robinsons are, are very quirky and each one has a, a very distinct individual personality that is insane. You know, uh, yeah, my uncle, he's a pizza delivery guy. Like, uh, that's, that's special. You know, that's a special character trait. My, my other uncles are twin, twin spies who, uh, those guys, by the way, uh, I just, uh, Spike and Dimitri, are they, do they have full bodies or are they just heads? We like never see that at all. So who knows? They just like pop their heads out of these little flower pots when someone goes to ring the doorbell. Uh, pretty weird. Anyways, I like that each members of these, this family is like, it's distinct. You know, each yeah. one has their own quirks and quirky is crazy. I think in a lot of ways. Um, but May, you know, May is in a situation that she did not choose. Uh, she was born into it and she has to navigate a lot of really difficult uh, social dynamics. Uh, May's mother is, has a strained relationship with the grandmother. Is that, is that right? Like they don't really like her coming around. She's just as afraid of her as May is afraid of disappointing her own mother. Right. So, so like it has layers to it. The crazy in, in right. the, the Lee family. I don't know how into the office either of you two are, but uh, one of my favorite office moments comes from the uh, Take Your Daughter to Work Day episode where they go and they show uh, Michael Scott on like a kid's variety show. (laughs) And they were like, what do you want to be when you grow up, Michael? And he was like, I want to be married with a hundred kids so that I could have a hundred friends and no one can say no to being my friend. And that is exactly Lewis Robinson in Meet the Robinsons because the whole movie he's trying to find acceptance and like get adopted and like meet his birth mother. And at the end of the movie, the moral of the story is I'm going to make my own family and they, (laughs) they have to love me because they're my family. Uh, That is, I feel like not the best way to, to go about it is kind of weird yeah. because like, I mean, 
how old do we want to say Cornelius Robinson, like adult Lewis Robinson is like, let's say he's like in his early thirties, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's got, he's got a kid who's 13 years old. So like, right. you know, mid thirties, maybe even. And so Lewis has to like, wait, like he's 12 now. And he comes back from the future and he's like, Hey, I'm just going to make my own family one day. Right. <laughs> it's like, bro, you still got like, a bunch of years before that happens though. Yeah. <laughs> uh how, how are you going to cope with this? I don't I don't know. It just feels like a super irresponsible way to go about like finding family. Uh and yeah. I don't know that that like doesn't make the Robinsons family crazy, but from the perspective of our hero, it it makes me a little bit less like sympathetic, I guess. It's <laughs> like this is the cra- this is a crazy family, but like you made this family, like right, you yeah. fostered this whole environment. Right, you are. This is your house. They <laughs> built this mansion with your money, and you have invited these crazy people to come live here. Yep. And so many of these other crazy Disney families, it's like situations they're born into and that they can't choose, and right. that is such an essential component to having a crazy family. I think or like at least the way that we think about having a crazy family that like I did not choose this situation, but I have to deal with it. Yeah. So for that reason, I have the Robinsons going down. I do love uh, the fact that I've got to know them a lot better uh, by, by doing this bracket and watching this movie for the first time for this. But uh, it's the Lee family for me. It's absolutely the Lee family. Uh, and the, the part of the Lee family that I'll talk a little bit more about them in the next in the next matchup is their ability to go to the extreme. And it's mostly with mom, but May does it as well. Um, and whenever you go to any extreme in a reaction or in a personality or just anything, you're going to encounter craziness with it. Number one example is when Lee's, uh, May's mom finds her like horny drawings Oh. Uh, and then marches her to the convenience store to Sorry. confront the boy that works there. That is the craziest <laughs> that is true. parenting move in the world. Like just complete lack of self-awareness for the situation and what that does to your daughter. Like mm-hmm. it, it is like almost it, it serves as a punishment more than it does justice for your daughter who you think is being harmed by this person, it is just a crazy overcorrection. And we see that time and time again. So I agree with you. Lee family definitely moves on. Robbie, any issue with that move? You're both wrong. Oh! And that's because I don't care if they could turn into pandas. I don't care (laughs) if the family... Nothing. Fritz and Petunia are crazier than the entire Lee family. (laughs) You guys... You guys have made a mistake, but yeah, I will respect it. Did did we did we figure out like if Petunia like died or was she just <laughs> always a puppet or I, we didn't get it explored at all. Just uh, it, you're right, Robbie. That is crazy, but but fair it's enough. More zany than it is crazy. Also, okay, before we leave the Robinsons for hopefully forever, the uh. portion in which Lewis is recapping the family. And they randomly do this like Nickelodeon bit where they superimpose Tom Selleck over the like the family portrait of Cornelius. Off guard. Like that is just such not a Disney move. Did you catch that Tom Selleck is the voice of growing up Cornelius? Okay. Yeah. 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 It's a weird like 
third, fourth wall breaking joke that it's like, like Hasselhoff in the SpongeBob movie. Right, <laughs> right, right. Could Tom Selleck exists in this <laughs> fictional universe? Right, yeah. right. Why is he not a CGI version of himself? It, yeah, so many things. Uh, yeah, I would love to do a full breakdown of that movie, including the weird way that it ends on like the Walt Disney quote, as that's like the full circle <laughs> moment. It's like, was this movie about Walt Disney? Or, like, what the? There's what just is, no direction. What, what is hell? happening with the Robinsons? <laughs> so crazy. All right, let's talk about this last Elite Eight matchup. Uh, the Paguros at the number 14 seed versus the number 11. The Dunbrocks and the Dunbrocks are a family that I don't necessarily think about a whole lot. I know that Chris, you're a big fan of Brave, but yep. I don't really re- revisit it a ton. I revisit the music. Sure, I, I do revisit the music, yeah. but okay. maybe not necessarily this uh, this film. And last week, you you opened my eyes to just the absurdity and the craziness that is this family situation. And a lot of these, you have the leader of a kingdom. You have Triton, you have Mufasa, who has applied this pressure of uh, passing on this responsibility to their children. Um, they're, they're worried about their children influencing how they are perceived to the rest of the kingdom. When you, Fergus is just living his best King of Scotland life. <laughs> And is and it feels like there is this pressure for Merida to succeed him and live that princess life or what it means to be a princess. And obviously, the whole film is about her pushing back on that uh, idea, and that's what gets her into trouble. But like, this is such a different leader character than we get in a lot of these other families. And it's funny because that leadership angle is something that really causes craziness to a family. But here, it's just a totally different realm of craziness where he's crazy himself. Uh, his, his focus is more so on like, you know, protecting the kingdom from bears and the lore of this bear, uh, while also making sure that everyone's happy with him by him partying with everybody and keeping them sane, but then also expecting his family to uphold traditions to keep that power within in that family, including the like courting of Merida, right? Like it's another situation in which she's being lined up to to take somebody's hand in, in a relationship. And that's just not the princess thing that she wants to do. Um so that's crazy. Uh Merida and her her fixes to these problems are so extreme that they're crazy. Uh and and so much so that like turning her mom to a bear, crazy. But then she also allows her brothers to also get turned into bears. Uh, just so that they can help her like sneak out, right? Like she she rewards them with the like what is like a bear cake, like it's a, a yeah. thing that they need to eat, Tart. and they turn into bears. And so like that recklessness is crazy, right? Like the the you have now up the stakes to a point in which there could be no return, especially for somebody like the triplets who are are toddlers, they're kids, they're babies, and and so when you put them in harm's way by transforming them into bears. That's nuts. Obviously, she doesn't understand the repercussions of this move. Like, mom turns into a bear, but eventually may become just a a wild bear. Uh, same with your bros. You know, if they turn into little bear cubs, like it's bad news for everybody involved, and you eventually may have to kill your mom. Like the whole thing is like protect mom from being killed by these people who hate bears because Mordu is out here crushing 
question, folks, right? So not understanding the history of your own family and kingdom and putting your your loved ones into harm's way as like the the scariest and biggest threat to the kingdom is just a bonkers crazy move. And it, it, while it's not malicious, it's it's ignorant and it's reckless. And that's what is crazy. Um, and the Paguros, I think that we... the their immediate family has the the craziness and you have the mom who's trying to control and and protect and and make sure that the family doesn't get put in harm's way because we know what the human world thinks of us they think of us as sea monsters um but it's that that stranglehold control that leads to craziness uh if she kind of loosened those reins then you may not see luca break that trust by going up to the to the surface without her. Like there could be an introduction in which they both go up and figure out what's going on, especially if they know that once they get up there, at least grandma does, uh, that they would turn into like their human versions of themselves. And so it's that lack of communication thing again, that's kind of crazy. Grandma's been up there. Grandma knows all right. about it. She, right. in, but no one's asked her. Grandma uh, no does one, well on the surface. Grandma does super well up on the surface. Um, and so it's, it's just this interesting, like, we're not going to talk about the elephant in the room or address it. And that that does feel a bit crazy. But in this matchup, it's just the the snowball effect of the recklessness that comes from Merida and the family dynamics that feels a little bit crazier than Luca's family. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Dunbrox here. I think... These are sort of similar in some ways uh, and also similar to the Lee family too. Uh, sure. Obviously not in this matchup, but the idea that like Merida wants to be out there and she is being suppressed by the traditions of her family uh, and, and it's represented in the movie briefly towards the beginning in like the little head uh, wrap that she has to wear or, right. or something like that. And you know, it was a really big kind of like, uh, I don't know that it was a big thing, but it was a, a unique thing when this movie first came out that like, Oh, she has this wild hair um, that is unlike any princess that came before her. And, and so I think kind of hiding that and, and having her family and her traditions uh, make her put that away is like a physical, uh, you know, representation of, of the idea that she's unable to be who she is. Yeah, totally. And, and we do get her doing the whole, um, what's this, what's the song called? Uh, touch the, the sky, touch the sky. You know, she does the touch the sky, a uh, sequence and we can kind of see what is at stake and that, you know, her, her ambition for herself in life is to, to really be free. But I, I, I want to say I'm a little bit more sympathetic to Luca in this, in this situation, (laughs) which by default makes his family feel a little bit more crazy because, Uh. you know, we spend so much time with Luca in that world that he wants to be a part of where he has a friend and he, you know, has a community and uh, he wants to pursue knowledge that this, the, the looming ghost of his family feels crazier to me. Okay. Whereas so much of Brave is focused on the mother-daughter dynamic only 
and really more than anything, just rectifying the mistake that Merida has made. And the movie isn't necessarily about overcoming a crazy family, but like accepting a crazy family Hmm. Uh, and like accepting uh, the relationship that you have with someone and being like, you know what? I know they're crazy, but you know, they it's, it comes from a place of love and, and I can't remember exactly like what the resolution is and in brave and like what happens to the kingdom or, or whatever. Um, I don't think she's forced to marry, but, uh, I, yeah, think, I don't the, think so either. Yeah. But, uh, but I think I'm going to go with the, the Paguros here mm. actually just, you know, p- potentially just because it's, it's a better <laughs> movie. So it makes for a, <laughs> You know, a, a more like well-developed crazy family. So, Robbie, you're breaking a tie here. This is this is pretty tough. Um, I, I was thinking the girls at first, but I'm just thinking of the decisions made in the movies themselves. Turning your family members into bears as solutions is like that's pretty top tier. And I don't think there's anything um, in Luca that really leveled with that level of craziness as far as solutions. So, I think I'm going to go with the dumb rocks in this. Wow, Brave moves on to the final four. You love to see it, folks. <laughs> hey, all part of your plan is hey, to get us to hey, move that yeah. on. Hey, hey. You know, it, it very well could have been a Brave versus Meet the Robinsons final four, which would have been <laughs> fascinating. But uh, anyways, uh, first final four matchup. Who will go to the finals? It's the number nine seed, the Tremaines, versus the number four seed, the Fa family. Kyle, you were talking about grandma. Grandma Fa and and I love Grandma Fa. Yeah, I invited Grandma Fa to my Thanksgiving table you, last year. You did because uh, because of the the crazy element that she brings to the table, and she is she is a lot like uh, Grandma Paguro, where she has almost reached the point where she is like above the tradition element. Which is interesting because you have the Lee family where like the matriarch is is so committed to like maintaining the the family tradition and and Grandma Fa is is out here just like not really caring that much, right? You know, and and she never really comes out and like explicitly says, uh, you know, I don't, you know, you can do whatever you want, you know, like kind of like how um, Grandma Tala is in in Moana where she's like kind of, she's kind of in her ear on the side being like, I know your dad is being really crazy right now, but don't (laughs) listen to him because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. And he just doesn't see that yet. Like grandma Fa doesn't really go that far, but just the way that she carries herself, she isn't like detrimental to, to Mulan's being, at least it doesn't appear that way. Right. Um, and, and a, a horny grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, she is. At the end of the movie, when Mulan says, would you like to stay for dinner to Li Shang? And she says, would you like to stay forever? <laughs> <laughs> and I think she does make like a comment about like him. Yeah, uh, she, 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 that want to stay forever. And then, oh, she, uh, she, he rolls up and is like, uh, is Mulan here? And they point to where Mulan is and he walks away and she goes, she's, she's like, I want to join the army next year. <laughs> <laughs> like that exactly. is this. <laughs> exactly. And so like having a, a super controlling matriarch figure is, is very crazy, but having that wild card grandma 
left is just as crazy. Yeah. And, and for a Disney movie, I almost love that crazy element even more. You know, it, it really reeks of 90s Disney. Totally. Uh, to, to, yeah. have totally. That, mm-hmm. to have that kind of the crazy, crazy elder element in there. So I just really, really like that um, a lot. The Tremaines. Yeah, they're scary for sure. I don't think I would want to be involved with Lady Tremaine uh, whatsoever. The ancestors of the Fa family, I think, is what does it for me. Hmm. Uh, you you feel the weight uh, on Mulan's shoulders. You know, she sings, she sings a whole ass song about it. Uh, <laughs> Christina Aguilera, too. But... Uh, <laughs> At Epcot. Yeah, I think I think a crazy family oftentimes is crazy because of the expectation. Uh and and Lady Tremaine has expectations for her daughters as well. But the expectation of the Fa family just seems very pervasive, very like institutional almost. Uh, sure. For for the whole family and like anyone who enters the Fa family, you must bring honor to us. Uh and that's the thing that's kind of unfair about it, uh, which makes it crazier. Uh, these characters don't really seem to have the right to choose in which way <laughs> they bring honor to the family. It's like apparently being an acupuncturist brings you honor. Uh, apparently. Apparently uh, being a soldier brings you honor. Yeah. Uh, sure. And apparently, you know, being a, a bride brings you honor. Uh, if you're a woman and so that's that's the part that's crazy to me is like there's clearly different ways that that you can become honorable but the person doesn't get to choose which one they go down it's like it's chosen for them by I, i don't know who someone else never the person and that's that's really crazy for me lady tremaine tries to you know get her daughters to want to marry the prince but they seem they seem like they want to on their own as well and cinderella definitely wants to on her own so i mean the expectations are there but i don't think they're quite as intense uh as as the fa family and you know it it almost feels like the ancestors of the past are micromanaging the lives of the Fa family of the present, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, that's the craziest part to me. So I got the Fa's going to the finals. I uh, think that this is a really good matchup because of those kind of pressures that the top puts on the rest of the family. And it's, as you just kind of brought up, they're very similar. Uh, the, the Tremaines, like let's move cruelty aside for a second and just focus on like what the root of that cruelty is and it's a, an obsession uh, Tremaine is obsessed with status I don't even want to say that she's obsessed with power because I don't think that she cares too much about the outside world and controlling it uh, I think that she she's obsessed with how the outside world perceives her and that feels a little bit crazy so much so that she's going to micromanage her own daughters and not even micromanage manipulate them into thinking that that's also what they want uh, that 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 is crazy uh, they don't really have a anywhere to kind of think freely and they've been you know forced to to adhere by their mother and they don't even see that as being a problem like we don't see them upset with lady tremaine at all 
uh, they're kind of just going by her her orders and her direction. The 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 singing, uh, the going to get married to a prince, like she is pimping out her daughters for status. Like that that is crazy. Sure. Now, let's add Cinderella back into the mix. She wants to keep this image of perfection so clear that she is going to go ahead and lock up Cinderella, make her sleep up in the attic. Uh, She's going to make Cinderella into this maid of the household. And then she's going to give Cinderella her name. Like Cinderella's name is Ella. And she was named Cinderella as like a, a... degrading type of name to say that she's always dirty because she's doing all the dirty work like that is nuts uh (laughs) yeah naming your cat lucifer that's kind of that's a little crazy um but i just think that like that obsession angle is so much more crazy than this kind of traditional pressure angle uh because tradition as you just said it feels like it's a little bit more systemic and that it's uncontrollable because it's been this kind of tradition while Tremaine hat she's made the active decision to create this environment she's created an environment that is so toxic that she is going to pimp out her own daughters to get status for herself that is nuts i'm going with the Tremaines Robbie you're breaking another tie oh man uh yeah i I get what you're saying with Tremaine is kind of establishing the craziness, whereas Mulan has always had that kind of craziness in the Fa family. But you have to think about no one in the generations that they've had that family has thought, well, maybe we shouldn't do things this way. And everyone's just like, yeah, let's just go with this. This is working. And that's insane because obviously there's a lot of conflict going on with that. I think the Fa family should move on. So I'm going to go with the Fa family. (laughs) Fa family to the finals. Uh, Mulan has reached it yet again. Uh, let's talk about this last final four matchup to see who's going to meet them there. It's the the Lee family versus the Dunbrocks. Uh, so here we go. Extremes with the Lee family, mostly stemming from May's mom, right? Every reaction is the is the most. Uh, May gets her first period. Extreme overreaction. Uh, so much so that she is visiting school to oh ensure God. that May is going to be okay hiding outside behind trees like that is crazy like and everyone <laughs> in the world recognizes it as crazy right and she doesn't like the kids know May's mom's crazy the security guard that she has to like physically fight with knows that <laughs> May's mom is crazy the convenience store overreaction crazy her overreaction to the thought of four town and just like assuming that they're just these little like four little horny boys that are are putting this like wrong message into May's head. And then also like the general control that she tries to enforce over May from uh, suppressing her panda and not really explaining what her panda is to like locking, not locking her up, but like forcing her to not think about being her own self and working her at the, the family temple. Uh, that that feels a little crazy. Uh, sure, do they need the help? And it's a family business, and sometimes family businesses need that. It is it d- sure, but it still does feel crazy from us. And even May starts to realize how crazy that is. She at the beginning where she's compliant, she's dope, she's down, she's ready to help with the the family stuff. But as she grows right. throughout the film, she realizes that's not, that's not what she wants to do. The even crazier thing 
is the complacency of the dad in all of this. <laughs> like when you have a parent that it is so controlling and dad understands May, he understands what she's going through. Uh, and he had to kind of observe this for himself. Like he had talked about uh, May's mom going through this panda situation as well and how he had to deal with it. Um, but he's not helping the situation by, you know, trying to be the other parent in the room and being like, listen, but you just, you went through this too. And like, you're afraid of your mom. Do you want May to be afraid of you? Like you are of your mom. Like there could have been some more intervention from dad. Uh, we love him. We, we stand his dad. He's a great, he's, he's a great Disney dad. Uh, but in that moment, he could have really helped the situation by being like grounding both sides. And he never really did that. So that feels a little bit crazy for me too. Uh, the Lee family in general, they they have what the Fa family has, which is that generational, this is just how it's been. And we are suppressing it because of an event. Uh, and and the the even the aunties who want the best for May apply that pressure. Apply the pressure of suppressing the panda. Apply the pressure of fitting into what society sees as beautiful. They're like roasting her when they show back up about how she's like gained weight and her face is looking uh, not as clear as it once did. Like to a pubescent teen, that's not what they need to hear. <laughs> and it's crazy that they, as also women who have gone through this, aren't knowing that or, or you know, forcing that onto May. So that just feels crazy. The Dunbrocks are chaotic, but the Lee family is crazy. I'm going to go with the seven seed to the final. I, I'm, I'm definitely going to agree with you on that one, Kyle. Um, Man, we're I, racist as hell. Hey, we're racist I as hell. Mean, Look at this finals. No, no. God damn. I mean, yeah, we also I, we're did. We're so sorry. We this also, is not what we mean. We sent, home the, we sent home the Madrigals and the Rivieras in the first round, too, which I feel oh, kind of bad about. But We're going to have um, to delete this whole bracket. We, hey, we just, it, it's just, you know, kind of like you're saying, the, the, the control. I mean, I totally forgot about that uh, scene where she takes him to the, she, she, the mom takes May to the convenience store. Like that's yeah, just, that's... that's just mortifying, you know? Uh, and, and that beats anything that anyone did to each other in the <laughs> Dunbrock family. Like I would rather be turned into a bear, a bear. <laughs> than go through that experience. So I have the Lee family, Robbie, do you agree with that? No, I do. I think that's the, that's the right move. And I mean, even the decisions that um, was made with, I think they made profit off of turning into a panda. Like, I think that's yeah, a crazy thing. We haven't thing even talked do. about May's craziness. Like, right. she's, a, she's nuts. Her herself. So, yeah, this is a great move. <laughs> All right. So, it's the Fa family from Mulan versus the Lee family from Turning Red in the finals, the four yeah. versus the seven seed. So, nice. I guess. I mean, we've said uh, just about everything about the Fa family up to this point. I guess one additional element I will throw in is that uh, Mulan enters this uh, military environment as the son of Fa Zhu. Right. Uh, and she, she brings his uh, recruitment paper in and presents herself as the son of this great warrior great soldier uh her dad has a legacy and she is going to be held to that standard yep um but she's also risking the legacy that her father set out b long before she was born and like 
that is that's a crazy move uh, for Mulan to to make. I think you know I don't know that she fully processes that when she mm-hmm. decides to steal his armor and head off to war. Totally. Um, you know, I think she she very much sees it as a, I'm running away and being defiant. But I think Faju, in addition to the fact that like that's dangerous and I honestly don't want to lose my daughter, it's also like I you know, have brought honor to our house by being this very respected soldier and and Mulan is putting all of that on the line. Yeah. The Lee family, one element we haven't talked, I guess a couple elements. I guess I'll throw in the the gas the, the, the gaslighting that um <laughs> yeah. May's mom pulls when uh she rolls up to the birthday party that May is at and basically convinces May that all of this was her friend's fault. Yes. Um, that yes. Is, that is super crazy. And I don't know that we ever see Mulan get gaslit by her parents. Like <laughs> I don't that. think so. I don't no. think so. <laughs> One other kind of fun. I don't know that this is makes the Lee family crazy, but certainly adds a, a nice dimension to the Lee family is the family business. Uh, right. The, the, the Lee family operates this like a uh, museum this cultural site. And so may as a member of the family is automatically uh, made an employee of, of this place and is a tour guide for uh, the museum. I don't think that that element ever really gets in the way, but it is a fun, crazy element to have to make a Disney family feel super realistic. Totally. Um, yeah. I think the winner for me for the craziest Disney family is going to be the Lee family. Uh, and that is because Mulan feels very nineties Disney in that she acts defiantly to break away from tradition, but may takes it one step further in that we get to see the world that she is running to, not just the world that she's running from. And Mulan, I get the impression that she doesn't want to be like a soldier full time. Like it, it might have been another story if like this was her dream and she's she's finally going to fulfill it. But I don't really know what Mulan does next. Right. I don't I don't know what her next move is. But May is super well fleshed out and that we see that, you know, she's walking down the street. The introduction to the character, like, my name's May. I do what I want or when I want. <laughs> Some people might not like me, but I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to be by myself and like I'm a vibe 24 7. Uh-huh, and so uh-huh. that attitude is, you know, not only is she not going along with family traditions uh, in, you know, her, her media choices, but just like her <laughs> attitude, the way that she talks, exactly. the way that she carries herself is very like not acceptable mm-hmm. uh, for the type of family that she comes from. You know, she, she is disrespectful. She's loud. Right, right, She's right. defiant. And and when you look at the expectations that a lot of Asian American families have for children, it's not that. It is right. none of those things. And so, um, you know, kind of seeing both sides of where May comes from and where May is going and the conflict between those two things makes the Lee family the craziest Disney family for me. <laughs> and... 
and may as robbie kind of alluded to make some like crazy decisions as well like it's crazy that she ran an entire like business on the playground (laughs) right like they organized a business and made herself profitable as you know the 12 year old that she is that is that is crazy Uh, and she also loses it every once in a while that like fame and pressure gets to her and she did that to herself she did that to herself it's not even her parent at that point it's like the pressure of upholding the image of the panda that she's created uh has led her to kind of act out and she does that at that birthday party right so like she may have some craziness in her as well which is all kind of this trickle down pressure that her family has given to her and the misdirection that her family has given to her like they're not explaining this panda thing they're not helping to nurture this panda thing they're kind of like hey don't you let it out and she lets it out and she's like this is kind of dope i can make some money off of this like that that's right. that's a crazy pivot of this power right uh so mulan's uh family dynamics and and the pressures of culture and tradition feel really crazy in that 90s way you're right it's the rebellious kid mm, i don't want to be no- like my family and their traditions i want to be my own with may trying to deal with that family pressure tradition and also like accepting it she doesn't abandon uh the temple she doesn't like she's helping still run everything at the end of the day uh, but she also isn't able to embrace her panda so you have this crazy family that embraces that crazy at the end of the day instead of like tries to solve the crazy and i think you're right chris i'm going to agree with you we are going to crown the lee family from turning red as the craziest disney family and as we do at the end of every bracket we're gonna clap it out man how fun was that (laughs) that was wild Uh, robbie would you have the lee family winning that matchup I think so, Chris. You you made a really good point about Lee, like may not even fitting in with her own family, and that her family themselves are probably looking at May like, oh, she's crazy. And even us as like the outside audience are looking at May herself and the family as like they're both crazy, right? <laughs> like at least with Mulan, she did something out of honor to try to go to the you know military, and that kind of aligns with the family itself. Um, so I think it's yeah, the Lee family for sure. Yeah, that is. I love turning red more and more that we talk about it. Uh, and I think that this family being the crazy family that they are uh, leads to the almost a relatability as well. Like we can see the that craziness in our own families, in our own selves. We can see ourselves as May. I wasn't necessarily running uh, businesses out my backpack <laughs> growing up, but uh if we were selling some golf balls on the side of the road that we yeah, found in our backyard, so let me tell you, uh, we were selling the we're golf balls back to the back to the golfers, baby. So we were a little crazy for that as well. Um, this was a fun one. All right, well uh, that does it, folks. Uh, we've reached the end of another bracket. Uh, we've crowned our craziest Disney family. Do you have a bracket idea of your own? Do you want to hop in and become a member of our crazy Mouse Madness family uh, <laughs> and do some co-hosting of your own? Uh, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash mousemadness and become a member of Jerry's gang by joining us at the $5 level where you'll have access to things like two bonus Mouse Madness episodes a month. 
video episodes, the right to vote on bracket topics, and our seasonal Disney trivia event. Uh, we are yet to host our winter one, which is going to come up probably at the beginning of February. We would love to have you over there on Patreon. It's a lot of fun. Folks, we've got one more bracket to finish off the year, and uh, we hope that you enjoy it. We will catch you in the next one, and keep moving forward. <laughs>